Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, As I sat down to write this episode, I thought, God, these dating stories are boring. So boring, I don't even want to listen to them. But then I realized that's the truth. The majority of this dating game is boring. That's why when you find someone who really excites you, someone who pushes those pleasure buttons, you turn into a different person. Trust me, I really tried to make some of these guys sound more interesting than they were. But at the end of the day, I gave up and decided to phone a friend, two of them actually, Josie and Charlotte, also known as the Money Mavens. I gave the episode a cool spin as we talk about dating, and I'll go into that in a second. But first, I just want to be real with you. Dating may sound super fun and exciting, but the majority of the time, it's pretty meh. With my comedy and storytelling, I still couldn't pull it off alone. So stay tuned for some ridiculous dating stories. Personally, I think Charlotte's coffee shop story takes the cake and a heap of dating advice. Josie is a dating coach turned business coach with Charlotte. And their advice can also apply to business and manifesting, well, just about anything in your life. So how's that for an added bonus? Okay, so let's get started. Dating is a numbers game. And that is what this episode is about. And we can find, I can find that, and I did find, that while dating, it got scary to let go of, quote unquote, a good catch, because what if he's like the last good catch that's out there? And so we're going to talk a little bit about the numbers game. And the big thing that I had on my bucket list since childhood was juggling multiple men. In coaching, one of the exercises we'll do is like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, think back, like, what did you play, right? What I played was secretary with an appointment book full of dates. That's what I played. I wanted a phone. I wanted a a calendar and I wanted lots of dates in it. And so essentially I put that on my bucket list, juggling multiple men. So I guess let's start with this abundance thinking in dating, because for me, that was something that really took me a while to get. Well, and Charlotte, you're single. I know, Josie, you're happily married. Mm -hmm. Charlotte, you're single. So have you ever had the experience of finding a good one and thinking, oh God, I can't let this one slip through my fingers? It's a constant thing, yeah. So since I split with my husband and got back into the dating game, very naive to it after an 11-year relationship. And yeah, I've definitely been in that scarcity mindset where, because there's so many that aren't right, that when one that comes along that's just even a little bit okay you're like oh my god and then I don't know if it's just me I don't think it is you you start running away with yourself thinking about everything future tripping and like thinking about everything when actually just enjoying the moment yeah but you overthink things you read the messages again and yes yeah. I was just gonna say that because <laughs> I'll reread the messages and I'll look at the pictures 
And then if I'm really into it, I'll Google his phone number and find out yeah. his like last name and everything of like where he went to high school and all of his Facebook friends and who he follows on Instagram. Charlotte stalks the Facebook. Like she knows who their cousin is, their ex-wife. Yes. Their... Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's important to do. And then I... you build a story around who they are. Yes. And you, like, l- there's no space for them to show up and prove to you that they're actually Mr. So not right for you. And you ignore the red flags. What I've noticed is you ignore the red flag. So there's a red flag and it's like, I'm going to ignore that because this one's a good one. Yeah. And so that every time a red flag pops up, it's like scooting over the red flag because actually he's got a couple of great attributes. Yeah. He's got a great job or he's a good dad or, you know, he lives in a beautiful house. We'll forget that he's been an absolute ass today. <laughs> yeah. Dating in the UK, I think, is slightly different that, men here in the UK kind of try and lock you in quite quickly and they don't want you to date other people. It's not, we don't seem to multiple date as much because I'm like, you know, I really want to like master the multiple dating, but I never seem to get it right. And then I feel like I get locked into something and then I'm like, how am I in a relationship with this person? I only just met him. And Josie's like, you better not be engaged next week. And I'm like, (laughs) no, no, I promise. I promise I won't be, but I'm like moving at a million miles an hour. And it, I think it's hard to mask that multiple dating without feeling like you're leading people on or I always feel like I'm going to get caught out and then I have to remind myself that I can do what I want, actually. To me, I can set the boundaries. Yeah, there, there was one guy that I matched. He was an attorney and he had ENM on his profile. And I, he said, did you see, when we went out on our date, he's like, did you notice that? I said, yeah, I don't know what that is. It was the first time I had seen it. Well, it's ethically non-monogamous. And I said, oh, I don't want somebody with a partner. And he said, no, I'm non-partnered, ethically non-monogamous. And I was like, well, that's just dating. Like, that's just, if you're not, if you don't have a partner, then you're just dating multiple people, but you're, but you're being really straightforward about it and giving it like a cool abbreviation, I guess. But like, (laughs) essentially, you know, that's, that's what you, that guy turned out to be weird. Very weird. (laughs) Yes. What a surprise. (laughs) <laughs> One of the weird things, he actually offered me sex at the end of our first date and I declined and he was trying to use, I think like the, um, what is it called in sales? The fear, fear of loss. And he said, well, there may not be another opportunity. And I was like, I guess wow. I'll have to take my chances. What a trauma. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, has that ever worked for him? Well, in sales, I remember working for this company that said, put, put the item in the person's hand and then take it away from them. So if he had tried that, putting it in my hand I, and then taking it away, that might have, that might have worked better. Maybe. That's called, that's but, called takeaway, takeaway selling, isn't it? Like you give it to them and then you go, oh, but you can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. So no, guys, that doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't it does work. not work. Does not work. Yeah. I've only had one man who... On our first date, at the end of our first date, um, he was actually a, another comedian that I had met through. We were going to do a show together before COVID and then it got canceled. So we connected on Facebook and we had talked a little bit, talked on the phone. We finally went on our first date, like maybe like six months after talking, not a ton, but enough that we knew each other. But at the end of the first date, he asked me if I wanted to be exclusive with him. And I said, I will go on a second date with you, but like, I don't know you. And honestly, what what my intuition was telling me was that he didn't want to be in a relationship with me. He just wanted to be in a relationship. Mm. And two weeks later, he changed his profile picture and it was him and this woman. 
and they dated for many, many months. Then his profile picture changed and it was just him and all the pictures of her disappeared. And he called again and I did not return his call. And then another two weeks passed. And then there was a new profile picture with another woman. And I thought, this is just a serial relationship guy. And I am not going to be somebody that feels flattered by somebody trying to lock me down because that's actually a red flag. That's not a compliment. It's a red flag. If somebody wants to be your partner after one day, they don't respect themselves enough to think I need to give it a little bit of time because, you know, like easy come, easy go. Yeah. But I think a wounded version of me would have been like, (laughs) he's recognizing what a good catch I am. Like, of course he wants to. But now I'm like, that scares me. There's a problem here. And then I got to watch it play out on Facebook. Most people that you meet through a dating app, you don't actually get to see behind the scenes. So the more people I date, the more that I open myself up to kind of the juggle, the better chance of landing the actual real good relationship. Like I've had a bunch of little interesting stories lately. Charlotte, do you have any favorite stories of the juggle? Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, I mean, it's interesting as you were saying that the wounded version of me last year definitely felt flattered like oh they they think I'm really special whereas now and I thought the red flags were like a carnival and I was like this is so exciting wow (laughs) this is so brilliant I'm loving it this year I'm like oh my gosh red flag run and I think what you have to do is just not get exhausted by it because sometimes I do think oh my gosh I'm absolutely exhausted I can't actually go on another date talk to another guy I'm just not interested and then I think no it's like business You've got to be resilient. You've got to get back up again. And you've just got to get out there and kind of think that not everybody is the same. Yeah. I'm thinking of a story that Charlotte had. Charlotte's really good at dates. And, um, there we go. I, I keep a track, you see. We, we speak every day. And so I know these ones. But she went on one date to a coffee shop. And when she got there, the guy asked her to do a twirl. Oh, do what? Oh, a twirl? To yeah. stand up oh my and God. twirl so he could oh look God. at her from every angle. Yeah, I forgot about What a compliment. What a compliment. What a fact (laughs) that I wasn't, he, um, that I was in good shape was the (gasps) word to use. Ew. I know. I I literally felt so ick. I was like, oh God, you're making me feel sick. This is horrendous. Never saw him again. Blocked him. And I didn't get up in 12 because I was just like, this is freaking me out. Yeah, forgot about him. Wow. Well remembered. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Let me tell you exactly how the bucket list kind of was born. What happened was I had met this guy. I was really into him. He was not as into me as I was into him. And it was that like hot, cold. And there was a lot of time when I felt yucky and it was long distance. So there was a lot of space. Right. And so I had a friend who was out here visiting me and we were sitting outside and we started talking about something like I do with my clients, right? When they're, when they're talking about like starting new business or hitting a goal, manifesting something, we talk about like, okay, take your mind off the result. And what would you do if you didn't have that thing, right? If you wanted to start this big business and it would take up most of your time, what would you want to do before? Or if you want to have a baby, like what would you do before, right? Travel, all this stuff. So I started writing things down in my phone. And at first it was like, well, date a lot of guys. And I started coming up with, you know, the the whole list, the firemen and all that kind of stuff. But then I tried to take control back and make it more about me. So one of the things I wrote down, which I 
haven't deleted, but I feel like we don't need to go there was I was going to go to a firehouse and this was, so finally I've, I've dated a fireman, which I'll talk about in a second, but I was going to go to a firehouse. There's one right by the coffee shop I go to and be like, can I take somebody on a date just to get a coffee so I can cross it off my list? Cause that would be like a bold thing. But instead I wrote down, okay, I want to have back-to-back dates in one day, two dates. I want to go out with three different guys on three different nights in a row. I want to ask somebody out on a date first and different things like that. So the back-to-back date was really cool because it just happened. It just kind of manifested. I had two guys ask me out, one for like 11 o'clock and one for two o'clock on a Wednesday. And the 11 o'clock date, we were going to meet at a sports bar and have like brunch. And the two o'clock date, we were going to meet down by the beach and we were going to um, go for like a walk. So I called it the the day of testosterone because the first guy was a Marine and the second guy was a fireman. And so the Marine, the, the twirl made me think about this. He was very entertaining. He was very entertaining, very inappropriate, but that's kind of my own sense of humor. So it didn't bother me, but, um, it was funny because he said, Oh, I should have worn my shirt that says I fuck on the first date. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, you should have. And then he proceeded to try to convince me very straight faced why sleeping with someone on the first date is such a good idea because it like really gets all the awkwardness out of the way. You've seen each other naked and in compromising positions. And, you know, as an attorney, I can respect a good argument. (laughs) However, I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe next time or whatever. Never heard from the guy again. Never heard from the guy again. He was, he was laying it all on. Like he was totally interested and trying to sell me on sex but never heard from him. So I left him and drove to my second date with the fireman who was so nice. I show up and he has a backpack, of course, because he's always prepared, right? And he has water for me. He has um, a canteen for him and water for me, but it was sealed. He was like, I just wanted to make sure that you had water and you probably didn't want to drink out of strangers, you know, canteen. So I brought you a sealed water bottle and We went on this, like, um, yeah. So we've been on two hikes. He brought water and snacks both times. Um, And then we went to an Angels baseball game. And so I got to cross data firemen off the list. And I have to say, just like a super quality, nice man. Just highlight on the word nice. Very nice. Nice. And no one wants to date nice, do they? I know, that's the problem. I feel so bad. And he's a fireman for like if he could just show up in his suspenders, I feel like it's almost like you have to be a little bit a little bit aloof or a little bit hard for you to be interested. That's the thing, isn't it? It's such a shame because if somebody's too nice, then you lose interest. I mean, this is a good person. This is a good human. He like saves people, brings Mm -hmm. you water, was not creepy, has not made any like sexual comments. Just so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, funny yeah. too, because I was trying to tell him, he, he goes, you know, women don't, we, we, we were having this conversation on our hike that women don't hit on him. And I said, well, if you wear your uniform and he was like, but then they'd like me for the wrong reasons. 
And I was just like, oh my God, he's so sweet. And then he said, you know, I go out, nobody, I went, he, he was giving me an example that he went to Costco and he left his cart with this woman so he could use the bathroom. And when he came out, they started talking. And he said, we just had a nice conversation. We went our separate ways. And I said, did she happen to mention her ex-husband or that she was divorced? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, that's her hitting on you. She's letting you know she's single. And he he was like, he's oblivious to women hitting on him. I was like, this is the exact man that I would want. He's a hero. He's handsome. He's so nice and considerate. He's not out there trying to be picked up on every like left and right. So anyway, we, I'm still, we're continuing to see each other. They're still, like, oh, I haven't cut him no, off. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We're oh, going good. out next week, but I, I'm just not like trying to lock it down. You know? He yeah. sounds like a good guy though. He does sound like a good I, Well, that's what I'm just giving it space to like see, mm. watch it unfold. Well, it's funny because when I first saw him, so I'm going to sound like a jerk, but it's fine. I don't care if this is my truth. We met at the, uh, the, the a pier, right? At the, at the beach, we met at a pier. And I had had a date a couple of years ago at the same pier. And when I got there, I saw a bunch of weird looking people. And so when you're meeting someone, it's not a great idea to go to a heavily crowded place because what's going to happen is you're going to see all these people and think, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? So when I finally found him, I was relieved, but apparently the look on my face was not happy. So he actually gave me feedback later. It was not a match. He brought his emotional support chihuahua with him to the, I know, I know. Uh, It was not a match for many reasons, but, or, and he told me very nicely. The feedback was that when I saw him, I didn't smile. And I thought, oh, it didn't even occur to me that like, I should be worried about my face when I first meet someone, but that's probably true. You give an impression. So I did learn when you see the person smile. So when I walked up to meet the fireman at the end of the pier where he said he was, there was a very large tattooed man. And I know I like tattoos, but I'm just trying to paint a picture. Very large tattooed man. He had his shirt off. He looked drunk and maybe like he had been there a couple days and he waved at me and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is him. This is him. And then a text came through and he said, I'm wearing a blue shirt. And I thought, thank God, because this man's not wearing a shirt. So that's not him. <laughs> and then I look and there's another man in a blue shirt who's like 80. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been catfished. It's an 80 year old fireman. You know, this is like not okay. When I finally saw him, I was so relieved because he's handsome and fit and was wearing a blue shirt. I probably definitely had a big smile on my face, but it was just kind of like, okay, you know, these things can turn out horribly wrong or they can turn out, you know, horribly right. So yeah, just the different things you have to navigate in the juggle, you know. I'm still getting over the emotional support dog, the chihuahua. I can't move on from that. I can't move, I like all the things to have as an emotional support. I don't know if I can chihuahua. They're so yappy. I know, I know. (laughs) Mm, yeah, that guy was not a match. No. He was not a match. It was because I'd done these programs where they talked about giving people the benefit of the doubt or giving them grace. And so I, I think for a long time, there's this pendulum swing where you give people too much you know, space or too, give them too much benefit of the doubt. And then yeah. you go to where you are too quick to judge 
And so it's like trying to find that right balance between having high standards for yourself, not settling, but also not being a jerk and eliminating someone who could be amazing. Yeah, being open-minded with with standards, but yeah, right. open-minded for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a pendulum, isn't it? Yeah. Most of the funny stories are when you accidentally give two, like I went on the date with this one guy. He So I used to, when I dated prior to 2022, I could not get a second date. No matter what I did, I had, I had probably 20 first dates. I could not get a second. I didn't want a second date, but I couldn't get one. Uh, actually, one guy I did, I did want a second date with, and he uh, just went home and unmatched me. So that was fun. Um, I know, like heartbreaking. He wasn't that great. He was French and he was a chef and he was a little bit whatever. But, and I think I went into coaching mode, which you're not supposed to do. So I could see why it didn't work out. But anyway. A text would have been nice first before the unmatched. Yeah, something. But the good thing that happened was that when I first started dating again in 2022, I couldn't not get a second date. Like everybody turned into a second date, except for the Marine with the I fuck on the first date shirt, but (laughs) that went wrong for other reasons, I guess. So the first guy, I actually got to a third date and him I gave too much space to. So the first date, we went and played pickleball. And while we sat and waited for a court, I thought this guy is so boring. He's (laughs) incredibly boring. But after half an hour, we got a court. And what I noticed was, your blood starts pumping when you're, you know, playing like, or when you're hiking, when you're doing something active, you get like, what is it? The, um, adrenaline, Adrenaline, yeah. Yeah. Get the adrenaline and you get all the, those feel good hormones going, serotonin, yes. Dopamine, all that stuff. All the good stuff. Oh, it's a cocktail of goodness. Well, by the end we were both like, let's go on another date. Right. But it was, it was the, the hormones and the adrenaline. It had nothing to do with this guy. So we went on a second date. And we went out to eat and he was actually lovely. We, we laughed and it was fine. He was less boring probably because there was alcohol involved. But at the very, and I'm like, I, I would kiss him. It's a second date. I would kiss him if he tries to kiss me. But he stepped up and his breath was so bad. Like it like oh, no. singed my nose. It was, it was like, it was that kind of bad breath that's like, it bites, you know? Oh. It was really rough. And so I just closed my mouth and kind of pecked him. And he goes, oh, that was a sister kiss. And I was like, a sister kiss? Do you kiss your sister? It was just like, it was like, so it was like, he was boring for a little while. Then he had bad breath. And, but then he asked me out on a third date and I was like, you know what? I'll just give it one more shot. This is, this is the, the part of me, the part of this pendulum where you just need to cut it off. But I was like, I just want to be sure. I just want to know. So I went out with him and Um, We went and got frozen bananas and we walked around the island by my house and we walked by a convenience store and I went in and I bought mints, right? (laughs) I was like, I'm going to get some water and I got mints. So I ate a mint and then I asked him, do you want one? And he goes, oh, I don't really eat mints. Do I need one? And at that point I realized I'm not kissing him and I'm definitely not going out with him again. So I was able to say, no, no, nobody, you don't need a mint. You need one, but not for this date. So. And I find myself doing that a lot, just giving like, let me just be sure, questioning my intuition on, is it time to cut this guy off or not? Charlotte, have you had uh, instances of that? Oh yeah. My intuition was, my radar was way off. I don't think it's particularly that much better, but it's definitely better. But I am learning to use my intuition, but 
whenever I go on a date, and Josie always says, you are so good on dates because they ask me out within like 30 minutes into the date. They're like, when can I take you out again? And I'm like, whoa, what? But I think I just kind of like go along with it. And then I'm on the third or fourth date and I'm like, I don't even know how this has happened. Like, <laughs> what is going on? And then they're like, should we go on holiday? And I'm like, uh, oh no, really are you? But where are we going? So we go on holiday. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like I get the really full on ones. And the thing is, I've been on some really cool, amazing like dates with guys and got to experience some really cool things. And I think I get kind of carried away with all of that. When really, I should be thinking, is this guy for me or am I just enjoying the excitement? I get very drawn into the excitement of it all. But I am trying to really lean into my intuition and be a little bit more honest with myself. Yeah. Also thinking I want to treat others how I want to be treated because I think sometimes I'm not always honest and then people are not honest with me. And I think it's because what I'm putting out, I'm attracting. Right. I'm having to do a lot of being really honest with myself and being honest with them in a nice way without hurting them as well, which is yeah. I hate hurting people's feelings like. It's good practice though. I mean, like yeah. all of this. And actually when you said that the comedian that wanted to be exclusive after the first date. He did ask me on the first date, now that you mention it, if I wanted to go to Hawaii. He's like, I want to go to Hawaii. Do you want to go to Hawaii? This particular guy, I watched him go on so many trips. Like, and I think if if I was somebody else, I would have been like, oh my God, I missed out on Hawaii. I missed on the Caribbean. He took one one of his dates to the Super Bowl. That is the big, you know, football game out here. Yeah. It is literally the only the date. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's amazing. It's the only thing that I saw him post with a woman that I was like, oh, that it kind of, it would have been cool to do that with him, but not with him. Um, so anyway, it would have been yeah. cool to go to the Super Bowl, basically. Yes. Yeah. With him. You just wanted to go yeah. to the yeah. Super Bowl. Take, have somebody take I, me to the Super Bowl. I think though that men that are like that, I, in my experience, that's love bombing. And usually it means they've got a little bit of a narcissistic personality. And mm. I've learned the hard way that I used to think the love bombing was exciting and it was like, oh, isn't this romantic? And now I'm like, no, that's really toxic behavior that isn't romantic. In fact, they, I could be anyone. Yes. They just want to be, they just want to lock somebody in and just totally love bomb them. And then as soon as that doesn't kind of feel right for them, they'll drop them and love, love bomb someone else. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they, they are major red flags. Major. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what the kind of overall thing of this juggling has really gotten me is give the person space essentially to like, I don't want to say hang themselves, but you know what I mean? Like give them space to show off who they are instead of, and, and I'm talking to myself here because I'm still in the process of learning this. The next episode is another example of that happening for me when I asked a guy out and I actually brought him on to the podcast after our first date to talk about the podcast. So that one's real that one's a really cool one, but I still even then got attached quickly because it felt so good because they were they saw me and they saw all the great things about me and really I think it's indicative of some other like problematic stuff like again the fireman is going at a very reasonable pace. He, you know, he has a full life, he has his kids half the time and so but he's not like overly He's just, there's no fire, no pun intended, Um, (laughs) but that's created by men showing up in certain ways. So I, I, it feels very healthy to me to be able to slow down and go like, let's see who you truly are. 
and let you burn yourself down or not. We're taught by movies and, you know, fairy tales that love happens quickly and that it's instant and like the attraction. And in truth, it's usually not like that. It's more, it, take, it takes it slowly. And, and I always say this to Charlotte, don't, I, don't listen to what they say. Listen to how they show up. Like actions yes. speak louder than words. Yes. Like somebody can say all of the things. And if he's not showing up in that way, don't, li- don't believe it. Don't believe it. Words mean nothing unless they're showing that. And I think that's hard to do, especially when you're someone who's true to your word, especially if you're someone that wouldn't say something unless you really meant it then it's hard to, to not believe when somebody says all these amazing things that aren't yeah. necessary. It's hard to not get sucked in, especially if you've got like chemistry and you physically and mentally attracted to them and then they're saying all the good stuff. It's so hard to kind of, I say like keep my, my game, like my head on. I'm like, you get carried away. And the thing, when they're being slow, like on the slow burn for me, I get really bored. Yeah. And I, and I, cause I like, I like, I'm a real thrill seeker. So then I'm like, oh, they're just really boring, but they're not boring. They're just really nice guys. Like They're stable. Guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm attracted to stable, mature, consistent men, right? Because it's like your nervous system is dysregulated when you're like, did they text? Did they yeah. text? Like, I don't want to be in that space, but it's, and, and I had gotten into that place with like, did I get an Instagram notification? It's like this addictive <laughs> hit of dopamine. Yes. And, but the other piece is I'm ready to be in a relationship. I'm ready to travel with somebody. I'm ready to do cool things with somebody. Like I just went to Nashville and it was amazing. And I got to hang out with a girlfriend and, and I met a guy um, on Bumble to like have for the photo shoot. And I'm going to actually do a whole episode on Nashville too. But how amazing would it be to have my person with? So there's a little bit of a, like, if somebody shows up and they seem like they're ready to be in a relationship and you're excited about them and they're like super manly or whatever it is you want. And there's the attraction. It's hard to slow things down because you think, Oh, well, look, this is going really well. They feel like I feel, but Josie, to your point that there's like a sales, there's like a manipulation, not with all men, obviously, but there there's a subsection of the population and they're showing up with other intentions. So. It's hard to not know that. Sometimes they don't even know what they want themselves, but like men will test it, test things out. They'll, they'll, they'll do this thing where they'll say, you know, they'll try it out, see how it sounds to them. Like, oh, I'd love to take you on holiday or meet my mom, you'd love her. And they're testing it out in their heads. But we take that as real. But actually for them, they're just feeling it out. How does it feel for me to say that? Do I like it? Do I not? Whereas for us, we're like, oh my gosh, he's going to take me and meet his mom. This is it. <laughs> this is the one. And, and I love what you said, Rachel, about um, dating somebody who's got other interests outside of you, because that's what you really want in a partner. You want somebody who's got a full life and that you're an addition to it, not somebody who's got an empty life and needs you to fill it, because those are the ones that take you on holiday and but it burns out as soon as it's burned up kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, whatever shines bright always burns out quickly, doesn't it? Always. And it's so exciting. And I think those kind of relationships a good to experience because you've had that experience, but really for longevity for like, I'm a real really like want to have my soulmate, that forever person, that like person that's next one, the big one is like forever. And I think that that really comes from something that you slow and steady, something that you really get to know each other and really want to make that commitment. Um, I think that you imagine, is it like this fireworks, like slow and steady takes, it really takes, a lot of nerve as well. 
because yeah, slow and steady, you've got to kind of, like you said, Rachel, not be checking your phone all the time and be content that they're going to ask you out again. And if they don't, trust that they're not the right one for you anyway. Like no scarcity. Like if somebody doesn't ask you out again or ghost you or whatever, they're not for you. And it might hurt. But if you can just accept this isn't the one, this is not my guy. You know, it's like, and I know we all love manifesting. A big part of that is trusting that you're going to receive. You've got to trust. That's a big part of receiving, isn't it? And I think that's such a big part of dating. Trusting that no matter what happens, your person's coming. Yeah, that's I think what I've been working on. Yeah. <laughs> what I've been working on recently is letting go of the outcome. Just thinking when I go on the date, I have a really good time and it's really good. And if we have another one, great. If we don't, it's okay. If we have 10 and it still doesn't work out, like letting go of the outcome that it's, you know, it's going to all figure itself out. I'm like, if it's meant to be, it won't pass me by and it'll just feel right. And I think one thing I've learned as well from, from being single again is it shouldn't be hard. So typically, if somebody sends me a message, I respond. I have to control myself from responding right away. There's a scarcity kind of thing that holds, it pushes me. I feel uncomfortable that there's an unresponded to message. I feel like I need to respond to it. <laughs> so lately I've been working on living my life and not responding right away. Cause I am a woman of high value and I have a lot going on, not playing games, but just like not being a slave to my phone. So the other night I went out to celebrate the launch of the podcast and I went out to dinner with a friend and then I had drinks with another uh, like a couple of friends. And then I actually went out on a date just for like a couple, just for fun, you know, whatever. I made a whole night of it. And I had matched this guy earlier, maybe a couple of days earlier. And we were having a really good conversation. It was like witty and funny and not sexual, but like it, you could feel there was chemistry building. And of all the matches, I probably had like 10 matches right at that point. So of all of them that we're having a conversation with, he's the one that I was excited about. And I saw a message come in from him earlier in the day and he he answered a question and it was fine. And I was like, I'll message him later. Well, in the middle of dinner, a second message came in from him. And like, normally they just leave one message and then they don't message again until you respond. But he said something super cute. And so I was like, I smiled and I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to message him back. By the time dinner was over, and I was going to message him because I was at dinner. He had unmatched me. And I was like, so disappointed. But Josie, to your point, he's not the right guy. Imagine no. if we were in a relationship and I didn't respond right away. Oh my he would God. be mad. You know, it would be. But so giving the space for that. And I understood that he was not for me. And I still felt disappointed. Yeah. And so I let, I said, it's okay to be disappointed. Let's be disappointed for a minute and then have gratitude that we dodged a bullet there and we're moving on. But what would happen was throughout the, the night, I kept going back to being disappointed about it. And so that's kind of been my learning curve or what I'm working on now is let yourself be disappointed because we are, I am ready for that person, but also let there be a space for them to show off their craziness so that you don't end up in a relationship with the wrong person or somebody that has these red flags. And the truth is, you weren't disappointed about him. You were disappointed about the person you thought he was. So you'd made in your head, due to your little funny conversations, you'd, you'd got your idea in the head of how this guy would be. And yeah. the truth is, he wasn't like that. He's clearly super sensitive. 
probably a bit, uh, you know, like the controlling. controlling, there's so many things, but you'd created in your head, like we all do, this idea of who he was. And I think you're disappointed, you're disappointed about not who yes. he is, about this image of who you thought Absolutely. he was kind of thing. And I think that's a little bit easier. Yeah, it's way easier. I'm disappointed that this is another false start, right? Like yeah. to Charlotte's point, like it's just another, because then I'm like, well, great. Now I'm left with these other people who I already wasn't excited about, but now what do I pick? Like the next best one? Like, no. So I actually went through and unmatched a bunch of them because I thought I've now seen what I'm looking for. And if they're not kind of the fireman situation where it's a good person and I just want to give them space, but it's like, you know, it's this kind of dance of trying to find the right person. And so, yeah, it's just. And, and it's tricky, isn't it? It is tricky. Like when you've kind of, I suppose, navigating. And the good thing about dating apps and dating is there's always someone new coming along. It's like, it, it, it's like a circle. There's always new people that come into your radar. And so right now you might have six matches, but in two weeks time, you could have a whole different deck of people. Well, you always do, but it doesn't feel like that. Like, you know, as soon as you lose the one that you're most excited about, you're like, there's nothing else out there. And that's where the scarcity comes. Yeah. I don't know, Charlotte, do you feel that way when like the good one kind of, you're like, they're all gone. I'm never going to find love. I always say he was exactly what I was looking for. If I've said that sentence once, I've said it a million times, like (laughs) everything I wanted, like everything I've been looking for. And then but like Jason's actually made a really valid point to this year that actually every guy I've like, because I've, I've dated a lot, but I've actually only liked two guys. I've dated loads of guys, but I've only been truly interested in three. But each one has been more and more what I'm actually looking for. So I feel like I'm getting closer to actually what it is. My Pinterest, so I have a Pinterest board. Like I am like committed to that. I've got this Pinterest board with it all on. With Bradley Cooper on it. Bradley Cooper's on there because he's Bradley like, Cooper. He's my dream, you know, like that is the dream, ultimate dream. I'm like, I'm putting him on the board. I'm going to try and manifest him, you know. I think it says a lot about Charlotte's taste though, that her, her, she, her, she loves Bradley Cooper and her favorite like character of his is <laughs> in, a star is born. what's the movie? A star is Hangover? Born. No, star, oh, a star, a star is Born. Is born. Oh, great. So okay. Damaged, very handsome, rugged, but very damaged. <laughs> very damaged. Well, Charlotte, your Facebook glitched to say you're moving to Los Angeles. I know. So I know. I mean, if that's not a sign from the universe. If that's not a sign that you and Bradley are meant to be, I don't know what is. I'm telling you now. I can see it happening. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not really. Charlotte Cooper. How do you feel about that? Charlotte oh God, Cooper. Would you take that. his name? Yeah. It was Bradley. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte Cooper. Wow. I mean, you <laughs> built a brand under your name. Are you going to, are you willing to change it? Maybe I can get him on board with being a Balbier Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm very persuasive at sales. So I reckon I could persuade Bradley to be, you know, yeah. Balbier Cooper. Say it out. Bradley Balbier yeah. Nice. It's got I mean, a very it, Hollywood it, it, ring it to it. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. It's got a Hollywood ring to it. I think it works. I'm, I'm ready for yeah. it. I am so ready for it. Yeah, but he's on my Pinterest board, my love board. I'm the, but the thing is, I've got to not want the, the, that version of Bradley. I want to pick a movie where he's not such a damaged soul. <laughs> yes. Pick one where he's a really great man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I need to do. If you kind of treat it like that and think that it is fun, like I've definitely had the most 
fun summer I've had in a very, very long time because I've just been like, I'm just going to be me. Go on girls' holidays. I've loads of things with my friends, loads of things with Josie, loads of dates. And I've just been like, I just want to have fun. And it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be all these serious conversations. It could just be that you just date people and have a really, really good time. And actually, when I've started doing that, I've been like, it's quite nice being single. Like, it's actually, I think I'll look back at this time and think, I'm grateful for that time because I feel like I've had loads of growth as well. One thing I did want to say, I think, Charlotte, something you said earlier triggered this memory that I had. I remember myself laying on my bed, listening to sad love songs after my divorce. And all the songs were about these different love scenarios that I hadn't experienced because I didn't date a ton before my marriage. And then I had my marriage. And so I remember thinking, I would love to have like the one that got away. I would love to be the one that got away. Like there's all these different love songs about situations that I hadn't experienced. And so in order to have those experiences where I can listen to a song and be like, yep, that's this guy. And yep, that's that guy. I have to be willing to do the juggle. And hopefully this will be the last time that I have to do that. And so I've had so many friends that have found their person after kind of a long struggle, if you will. And they always say, enjoy this. It's so boring once you have your person because then there's no, and I go, yeah, well, that's fine. That's easy for you to say. I'm ready to be, the grass is always greener. But I realize again, I want this to be my last rodeo. So I might as well go out with a bang. (laughs) I might as well. Do all the things that need to be done, cross everything off my list. Because when I find my person, I, I was going to say it's game over. It's game on and it's game over. So I feel, I feel like I could, I've got my greatest hits album already like done. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I've got my greatest hit. <laughs> I'm ready now. To, <laughs> I'm ready now. I'm like, okay. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to call it that. I the feel like. Hit. That's what I'm, what I'm striving towards my greatest hits also just, you know, to have those experiences in life. There's some research that shows that single women, there's been some research that shows that single women on the whole lead the most fulfilling life. Like when they've done surveys, they've got the most satisfied with their life. And so, you know, there, there is something great about being single. It's a really fun time to embrace and enjoy. And of course, you're not, you don't want that forever. Some people might do, but you know, you two both don't, you've been clear about that. But also, no, this is a great time. And you'll look back at this time and laugh about the dating and, you know, think about all the adventures that you had doing it, meeting people at a pier and, you know, having a guy with bad breath. I know it sounds, it's not so funny when you're in the talk of it, but if you see it as your big story leading you up to your big love, it actually makes it even more magical, doesn't it? No, it does. And, you know, so many of my friends say to me, life's so exciting at the moment. You're having so much fun. You look, and I'm like, you know what? I am. And, I know that I probably, when I was very content for a very long time, probably looked at the people and thought, oh, I remember when I used to go out and have be a bit wild and like, you know, and so I am embracing it and I am enjoying it. I definitely have. Um, and I think it's part of where you both, you and I, Rachel, are where we're meant to be in our journey now. And we'll look back and when we're that forever person, all these things will lead up to us knowing that that person is right for us because we'll go, all those weren't right. They were great and some of it was good, some was bad. But this one just feels so aligned, so right. And we'll be grateful for this Greatest Hits album. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, 
It's so true. I feel like this just kind of solidified for me what I've been working towards in the sense of like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm loving the journey. I'm not in a hurry. It's going to show up when it's supposed to. I trust that it will. And in the meantime, I'm having fun and I'm having horror stories. But as a comedian and a podcaster, I get to share them so they have a place to go instead of just like, you know, sitting in myself without a purpose. They, everything has a purpose. And for me, um, I've just found a way to make the purpose bigger in the sense of sharing it with other people. So that's why it's a numbers game because, and it's the same with everything that you do, whether it's any life experience or your business or your love life, it is a numbers game. And that's why you do have to put yourself out there and you have to, like in business, it is up and down, but you learn to enjoy the ride. And actually the biggest lessons are from the bad experiences. So when someone does show up that or an, an opportunity arises, it's really good. You're like, yeah, this this does, is definitely right. So I'm kind of grateful. I mean, I wish I had more like, I feel like all the dates I go on, they're really great until about date five. So I need to figure out that. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Just, yeah, after about date three to five, it all just starts yeah, going. Yeah, you got to shorten that timeline. Yeah, I really need to work on that. I need yeah. to really work on it. So that's my lesson at the moment. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. Oh, <laughs> poor you. All your dates that you go on are so great. <laughs> well, they're not there in the end. They're all absolute shits in the end, but they start off Mr. Bloody Charming. And I'm like, oh my God, they're like, this is like my own little movie. It's amazing. And then, yeah, it all goes wrong. But, you know, I take responsibility for because I'm, like, I'm the common denominator in this. So I'm like, what? I must be giving off a vibe as well. Um, but I don't like the nice guys. I don't. I like the ones that are a bit complicated. And I've got to learn to like the nicer guys. I highly recommend putting an affirmation in your phone, just like you do, just like you teach that says, I'm attracted to, I'm, I'm super attracted to nice men or something like that. And I actually, this is embarrassing, but I'm going to say it. I had to say, I am not attracted to overly sexual men. Like, There'd be like men that would be like, oh my God, you know, and I, and I, that I would find that attractive, you know, like the, in the right ones, not all of them, but in certain ones, I was like, oh, that's kind of sexy. And it's a red flag, Rachel, it's a red flag. (laughs) It's too early. It's a red flag. And I had to like, but as someone who didn't find myself very attractive to have these men that would show up and be like super attracted to me and like express it in a, you know, I don't know provocative way. I was like, Oh, okay. Now we didn't, nothing happened as a result of that, but it was just like, yes. So again, my affirmation became, I am not attracted to overly sexual men. I am attracted to stable, consistent, mature men. And then the fireman came along and I feel like he definitely kind of fits that example. And I am attracted to him, but I might need to up the affirmation. I'm not trying to convince myself to like anyone that, you know what I mean? That's another piece. Like I'm not going to settle. I do want it all, but I don't want to exclude anything that could be good for me. So it's this yeah, I love those quiet the process ones, of learning. Those quiet ones can be the wildest in the bedroom, you know. Yeah. Okay. So Sounds like knows? speaking from experience there, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yet to be determined, yet, yet to be, to be determined. determined. But we're optimistic because as coaches, we're ever the optimists. Yes, we are. And I'm going slow and I'm being patient because I've learned my lesson. I think coaches make the best dates. I thought you were going to say lovers. 
and well, that's it. That that's as well. That's, yeah. that as yeah. well. Yeah. that's like a bumper sticker. Coaches make yeah. the best lovers. <laughs> and don't tell where. Taking orders. There's a link in the show notes to my bumper stickers. <laughs> so funny. Love it. Well, you guys are amazing. I mean, I could talk to you for days. I know it's late there. I know you've um, started drinking wine, which is a good thing. Um, it's still early here, but I'll be joining you in a couple hours. But any last thoughts as we wrap up as far as keeping your mind right for the journey of sticking with it to whatever goal you're working towards? I did explain that this podcast is for people looking for love or on some other epic journey, trying to reach their goals. Any final thoughts? Mine is just to remember that you're exactly where you're meant to be and to trust the process. So if you can keep trusting that everything you desire is coming towards you and you're exactly where you're meant to be, it takes the pressure off. We're always rushing to be where we want to be. And actually, if we can just be, be, be content with where we are as part of our journey, everything just comes a bit easier. Everything feels a bit easier. And it's more of a joy to kind of enjoy the ride. I love that. Mine applies to dating and life in general. And it's something that I say all the time. And it's that you didn't come this far to only come this far. Because I think it's so easy to want to give up or to um, settle. Yes. And think, this is, the, this is you know, I'm not going to get much better. Or I'm not going to, whether it's a relationship or business or a job. And actually... You say to yourself, I didn't come this far to only come this far. I can, I'm resilient. I can do this and actually hold your nerve. I think that the magic then is on the other side of that. I love that. And I would add, I love saying everything's always working out for me because like when that guy that I was excited about unmatched me or anything that happens, there is a disappointment. Whatever goal you're working towards, there's always going to be setbacks and quote unquote failures, which are just on your path to success. And if you can remember everything's always working out for me. This is happening for my benefit. You know, there's a kind of spiritual presence that is protecting me from something that I can't see. Actually, one of my affirmations right now in my phone is that I actually replaced the other one with is things always turn out in my favor, even if I can't see how. And what I realized was not even if I can't see how, especially when I can't see how, I can never see the journey. (laughs) You know, I'm always surprised. So Things are always working out for me and things always work out in my favor. And uh, so will this, so will this. So definitely that's what I would leave anyone with and myself with and you guys with. So thank you guys so, so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So much fun. So fun. So much fun. Thank you so much. I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. To play along and get all the behind the scenes and bonus content, follow us on TikTok at Love Before 100. And be sure to come back next week to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. Let's spend the-